welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Hi. Hi. Uh, managing editor. I almost forgot where I worked. Holy shit. Managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.com. Does anybody want to play Parcheesi? <laughs> Pocket. Pocket's licking her crotch. Patches. Patches is nowhere to be found. Yeah. So I guess I'll play. What is par- what is Parcheesi? I thought it was like a food. What's a par- what's Parcheesi? Um. The best way I can explain it is sorry, without the branding. Oh, okay. So like. When you like knock somebody off, you go Parcheesi. I, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't played that since I've been like nine or eight. Okay, Parcheesi. Yeah. All right. While you while you do the all the plugs and stuff, let me find what Parcheesi is. Okay. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Real Appeal Two E's in Real, and our email, if you want to email us, is mm-hmm. the at gmail dot com. If you could please review us on iTunes and then we'll get noticed. And our segments for this week are the news, our recent review of Ghostbusters Afterlife, our variety time. Me and Mark talk about stories of the unexplained. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And our geriatric cinematic is the 1984 version of Ghostbusters, which is the only good one. <laughs> I think they did that one that was just Ghostbusters in 2016 with all the girls. Well, they, there's Ghostbusters 2, which is not as good. No, but I meant just Ghostbusters. Oh, just the Ghostbusters Busters? Yes, like, the Ghostbusters Busters. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mark, what's the topic? Uh, I saw a ghost, but I might have just been high. <laughs> okay, so the, the, um, the, answer, the answer to the Parcheesi question. Okay, when you asked... It, uh, when I asked you about, you know, you you had said like Parcheesi is like playing sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Did you just make that up? No. Oh, okay, I'm like, holy shit! It's actually someone actually asked that question <laughs> and answered the, it the same way. Yeah, if they're if they're the same thing, but I thought you just kind of came off the top of your head like, oh, is it is it like Parcheesi and so- sorry the same thing? But yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's it's there's a difference between Parcheesi and sorry, but they say pretty much like both Parcheesi and sorry players push pawns around the board. Parcheesi rolls dice to determine the movement, while the fate of sorry player depends on the draw card. Seems yeah. like that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's the only difference, really. Okay, we can play some Parcheesi. You will play. You will play Parcheesi. Yeah, I used to play Sorry a lot. Yeah, I was good at that game. Something makes me think that you were actually maybe a little bit more good with it, or something like how you play Uno. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like pull pull out a car, be like, "Yeah, move, motherfucker!" Like, all, all angry and shit. <laughs> like that's exactly how I would. That's exactly how I would like picture you doing it. <laughs> yeah, I play fucking real shit. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking. We used to play Uno. And that's shit. what I'm saying. <laughs> fucking brutal in that fucking game. All hitting I'd people hate trying to, to get see their you car. Play fucking slapjack. That's the one with the with the with the ball and like what's no the, what's no that jack? that's that's um 
just i think called jacks jacks okay so what's slapjack slapjack is you go back and forth or around the table and you each put a card down one at a time Mm -hmm. and you can't hover but like as soon as you see a jack Mm -hmm. whoever smacks it first gets the pile oh really yes i think we i think we have played that game i, I think we have played that game and it got too violent because we would slap the table too fucking hard and shit yeah like i'm like no no probably fine. hit each other's fucking hands and all kinds of shit yeah there was our box in there i would imagine if you played that game you'd be wearing rings oh damn like the adult version of that yeah <laughs> fucking with the ring turned down yeah to slap exactly sounds painful yeah so uh what's going on in the news uh quite a bit of love actually um so first off really scott announced that uh they that he and um well we'll get into that later it looks like really scott is doing a live action version of one blade runner and two alien uh he says they're fast progress fast progressing the pilot for both of the uh, shows have been written so speaking to the bbc uh just the past monday um while he was talking about House of Gucci, uh, he said that Blade Runner is being adapted into like a 10 episode series. He said, uh, we have already written the pilot for Blade Runner and the Bible. So we're already presenting Blade Runner as a TV show the first 10 hours. Um, Scott said the same thing regarding Alien, saying it's going to be about 8 to 10 episodes as well. Um, so I don't know. It's like it says... I don't know if this is going to have anything to do with Noah Hatley's alien show. Mm. Um, This might be something completely different. He said the show, let me see, news of an alien series was first announced in December 2020. The show is being set up as a cabler FX with Noah Hatley attached to the showrunner. FX box boss, uh, John Landgraf described the project last year as the first alien story set on earth. And by blending both, the timeless horror of the first alien film with the nonstop action second. It's going to be scary thrill ride that will blow people's mind. Um, so, okay. So it looks like this alien show, this is the one that Noah Haley's is working on. Is it Haley or Holly? Oh, I think it's, I think it is Holly. So it looks like this is the one that Noah Holly's working on. Um, so, but like the new thing is that obviously this Blade Runner TV show. Um, I know there's like an anime series that, Oh, it finally dropped. There's an anime series that dropped on Adult Swim called Blade Runner uh, Black Lotus. Um, what, do you, what do you think about this, Kelsey? I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I would love... It's been a while since they've done Alien. Like anyone has done Alien. Like Justice? <laughs> like Justice League? Like, hmm? like done... I mean, like the, the most recent Alien was Alien Covenant. Which was like maybe two years ago. Oh yeah, my brain already blinked on that. I don't think I showed you that one. I know I showed you Prometheus. Right, but I also just kind of like when things are real bad, mm-hmm. I forget I even watched them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like mm-hmm. my mind is like it is like purging <laughs> that information yeah, on purpose. This is worthless. Throw that out. And shit. <laughs> um, there was an alien game that came out uh, not too long ago called Isolation. Right, it's a survival game. Uh, that came out in 2014. Um, that game is actually like legit. Uh, you in that game you play uh, Ripley's daughter, mm-hmm. and she's trying to find Ripley, and okay. she finds herself like on a ship. There's like there's a couple of xenomorphs there <laughs> and stuff like that, and all like chaos like ensues and shit like that. Gotcha. Um, I I don't know how much his involvement is with Blade Runner. 
Ridley Scott has become one of those directors who's like, you kind of have to start stepping away from your old material, man, because you're not making it current. Like you're not, you're not making it entertaining for like today's audience. Right. Like I love. And then it. we're blaming it on millennials. Oh. <laughs> separate story there uh, like okay perfect example uh dennis villeneuve that's really scott's blade runner dennis villeneuve did blade runner 2049 great fucking film mm-hmm. really scott i think was just on board as like producer or like an ep <clears throat> i think that's, i think um dennis villeneuve should just do all of ridley scott's stuff for him you know what um there was something that like i i figured out it was a film critic he had asked like Maybe it was like slash film, but they had, someone had asked like, uh, since like Dennis Villeneuve like essentially did like run twenty four nine and did a great version of Dune with his with the recent movie, they were like, what do you think he should tackle next? And I was like, he should do an alien movie. Like I think he could do the alien movie that like deserves now and kind of harkens back to like the old school way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, plus like <laughs> some people like Alien Three. I think you remember it. I think, I I think that was my favorite one. The one, the David Fincher one, mm-hmm. the one that was like bastardized and shit like that by mm-hmm. Fox. Um, that one's like only because I like the ridiculous nature of it, though. Yeah, like that was not too bad. Alien Resurrection is like <coughs> kind of like hot garbage, but it's like I guess it's entertaining hot garbage. Um, but they haven't. There hasn't really been a good Alien movie since essentially like Aliens. Mm-hmm. You, like fuck those AVP movies. Yeah, and Prometheus. <sighs> I know I watched it and I'm like oh it's very pretty that's it <laughs> um, and you know what last week I had a, I had an urge to watch Alien Covenant I was like let me watch it I couldn't find any streaming anywhere um, like probably for, for, for good for, reason for free I mean for like rent yeah but for free I, w- I couldn't find it I was like nah, I ain't wasting my time then. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't giving that movie any more of my money exactly um, so what else happened in the news <clears throat> um, Kathleen Kennedy has re- renewed her contract with Lucasfilm through 2024. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. got her contract renewed. Mm-hmm. I, but the guy on YouTube, the, <laughs> the neck beard who said that his cousin's roommate janitor said that Kathleen Kennedy was going to get fired. What? <laughs> um, so, yeah. A lot of YouTube accounts have eagerly anticipated Lucasfilm president uh, Kathleen Kennedy, um, her supposed imminent firing mm-hmm. for a while now. Um, mostly it started when she, the films that were coming out under her were really good, yeah. but they just didn't like them because they weren't Yeah, the, the like traditional and shit. Well, the, the toxic Star Wars fandom for the first one was like, it's too much like the original. And then when Ryan Johnson did his Last Jedi, it's too different. And mm-hmm. they were like, all right, we'll just give you a sploosh fest with fucking The Rise of Skywalker. Um, if you folks can hear that, that was me shivering at the thought of that movie. Gagging. This, anyway. And we got that hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's going to be on for another three years. Um some people are surprised by it, but it shouldn't be a surprise mm-hmm. um, because she's worked on E.T., um, Indiana Jones and Temple of Dune, uh, Doom, Bla- uh, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, you Sixth say, Sense. You were going to say Black to the Future, weren't you? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's funny because they said Dune mm-hmm. instead of Doom. And then uh, I was like, 
for it, some reason the thing that popped up in my head was doom like mf doom uh-huh. and then i think that's why i was like black <laughs> to the future wow indiana jones and the temple of dune yeah. <laughs> and black to the future yep. <laughs> i like this movie jurassic six cents that's intense i know <laughs> no a triassic park <laughs> triassic <laughs> um so yeah she's she's done a lot of work for lucasfilm mm-hmm. um and then of course four out of the five major star wars movies um have grossed over a billion dollars each at the bo- the box office mm-hmm. um the mandalorian has become like their flagship series with disney with disney plus um and it put John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and others in place to lead Star Wars, um, you know. For years to come. Mm-hmm. I can totally see... I, I like how John Favreau has kind of, like, found his wheelhouse. Like, he's... John Favreau helped, like, kickstart the MCU mm-hmm. with Iron Man. But you can you can tell he was still being kind of, like, constricted, especially with Iron Man 2. Um, but I, I feel like, obviously, with, with the... With Star Wars, John Favreau's found his place. He seems like to really be enjoying it a whole lot. Dave Filoni, who was under the wing of jo- George Lucas, is like the right dude to like bring this into like a new generation. Yeah, like I, like I was not a fan of like the Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that because I was just like I'm kind of like past like this animation phase or this cartoon phase of Star Wars. <clears throat> but after watching both of those series, I'm like, yo, like put Dave Filoni like in charge like of the, of the creative side mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy she's helping out on the business side and the promotional side and everything and I know she's she does put in some creative insight um so like I I've never had a problem with her at all yeah I was like never those fanboys you're like oh she's running Star Wars you know not that bullshit though the only thing I do worry about is it mm. sounds like she's easily manipulated by like Oh, by toxic fandom and shit like that? Yeah, because if you're going to make something mm. and then people are complaining that's too similar and then you make something and people are complaining it's too different mm. and then the third movie you give them is, makes absolutely no sense mm-hmm. and it's like fucking fan service. Like, yeah. like, okay, so like you have a backbone or you don't? Yeah, I think... And, but uh, maybe she <clears throat> learned her lesson from it. Yeah, I, th- I think the people at Lucasfilm learned their lesson from uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, I think they even kind of they even learned their lesson from Solo, which was uh, uh, I, forgot, I still haven't watched that one. I, for, I forgot I forgot the directors that they took away from it because like the story of Solo is like <clears throat> it's it's fucked up. Like uh, Tim Miller and the other dude I'm not remembering his name, they directed Solo. They were like seventy percent of the movie done, <laughs> and at the last minute they fired him and brought in Ron Howard. Was it Colin Trevorrow? No, Colin Trevor was supposed to do Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, and they put him out as well. Um, and from I've, I, I think like the his script, some of his script got leaked, and I looked at it or like the the synopsis and the plot and everything like that. It sounded really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think Lucasfilm like learned from their mistake, especially like with the Mandalorian. They're like, all right, this is the story we're gonna do, and Mandalorian is like a huge hit. Yeah, I think they kind of learned their lesson because. Um on the next part of the Star Wars stuff. Mm. Um, Ryan Johnson's Star Wars is shelved due to creative differences. Mm. Um, and also his Rogue Squadron is too. Um, 
so they've been de- delayed indef- indefinitely. Um, that's what the Hollywood Reporter said last week. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, they were saying that Patty Jenkins was just too busy. And she splits her time between Lucasfilm and Warner Bros. Because um, she's working on Wonder Woman 3. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't think she was going to go for a third one, but okay. Um, <clears throat> a more recent report by um, former The Hollywood Reporter editor Matthew Baloney. Um, I guess he's with Puck News now. Anyways, yeah. um, mm-hmm. they were um, very well maybe another reason for the indefinite hiatus, he said. Um, creative differences. Mm. So, um, Baloney wrote... I talked to a few insiders this week that said the real culprit was the dreaded creative differences. Specifically, Jenkins couldn't agree on the script with Lucas from executives, including senior VP Michelle Rajwan. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenkins wasn't willing to dick around, and she has other projects, notably Wonder Woman 3 at Warner Bros., where she enjoys more creative freedom. Mm. Um, he also said... You know, in his own words, that top filmmakers are dying to make a Star Wars movie until they sign on and experience the micromanagement and plot by po- um, plot point by committee process. Um, oh, it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Those yeah. are, those are the guys behind Solo, a Star Wars uh, story. Yeah, so they departed that early, and that caused Ron Howard to step in and finish the project. Um, and then while working on Episode Nine, director Colin Trevorrow also ended working. Um, with them and then so jj abrams had to come in um and then even more recently uh the game of thrones creators david benioff and db weiss uh they stopped working on their trilogy and uh and that would have been like the origin of the jedi mm-hmm. um they uh, i guess ryan johnson um his star wars trilogy has also been shelved so okay so with that being said let me see. I know Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson is going to be super busy. Like he's doing like, I think two or three more like Knives Out movies for like Netflix. I have no idea why. He found his he found his niche. Like no, I know. Like that movie is not like awful or anything. It's just mm-hmm. like, like how many more of those can you do? Because it's like pretty open and closed like well, story <clears throat> yeah i mean you can but like it's because it, because it, i know like the the knives out sequels are going to follow uh um daniel craig's character oh, okay. and him just solving another murder mystery it's like like a pink panther kind of um a gusto kind of like detective mystery thing that's like the central character and then the next story and the next story and the next story Gotcha. So like that, I can see that. I can see why Ryan Johnson's... Because Ryan Johnson's been working on... He had worked on his Star Wars idea f- for a while now. I think it'd been like maybe four or five years mm-hmm. he'd been working on it. So I can see I can see why they would just be like, all right, let's just kind of put down the shelf for now. Let's just kind of hold up on that. Um, Patty Jenkins uh, also... I can understand why they're pushing hers on, over the side as well because she she does come with somebody who is very like creative, who doesn't like to be const- uh, constricted too much. Mm-hmm. Um so her like bouncing to go do like Wonder Woman three or whatever project that's all more power to her. I also think that's real interesting because she got super offended when no one liked the second one. I know, and that's the thing. And she's I, like, "No, nobody like yeah was it, towering over me, telling me what to do." And it's like, "Okay, so that means you're actually shitty." Yeah, so I'm like very curious about that. 
about like I'm actually I'm actually more curious about Wonder Woman three now just to kind of look like look at it and be like like for sure the tiebreaker you really suck or you don't yeah because she's like one and one right now you know well okay I, I, look 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 I'm giving that one a little I'm giving Wonder Woman a little bit of a leeway because it was more successful than Wonder Woman two yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's see with that. The one with David Benioff and D.B. Wise, fucking good. I'm gl- like, I don't know if they got kicked to the curb or they left. Oh, no. This is, this is speculating. It's me just speculating. I think they got kicked to the curb. Here's why. They did Game of Thrones. They were doing okay. They were still kind of doing okay, even though they stopped, even though they went ahead of the books. And then I think they just want to finish up the final season just to get that Star Wars money. And yeah. that final season fucking garbage. Yeah. So I think Star the Lucasfilm was like, Yeah, no, we're good guys. Like, <laughs> we don't we don't need you right now. Yeah. We're we're fine. Um but we'll you know we'll just wait and see what's what's gonna go on with that. Yes. Um oh a quick more a really quick mention uh on Star Wars. Um Kathy Kennedy has said that like the tr- some of the trilogy characters could come back in new projects, Ray Finn and Poe. Um she said Chelsea hinted, it's a during an interview with Empire Magazine, she hinted that uh, the characters could come back. She when asked, she says, Certainly those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on, and those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. Cool. Don't think it's gonna happen. Here's why. Oscar Isaac, I think he's done. Yeah, I think he's done. He's doing a lot of other things. I, I he had it seemed like he had fun with that character up until Rise of Skywalker. Um John Boyega? Oh, he's definitely done. I know, I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking about those two particularly because I definitely felt like Oscar Isaac was done. Uh-huh. But I definitely, definitely thought John Boyega was done because he was like, Y'all don't like black people. Yeah, and his character was done so fucking wrong. Like his arc and everything was so fucking done horribly wrong. Yeah, as the as the prequel. And they couldn't off. figure out what they were doing with him. Yeah, and then Daisy Ridley, she got a lot of hate for that character. I highly doubt she ever wants to come back. No, because it's that toxic Star Wars fandom. Yep. Um, and so for the last bit of news. <sighs> right, <laughs> Dwayne. Johnson, also known as The Rock, says he wants to be the next Bond film, the next James Bond. Um, so he did an interview with Esquire. Uh, he revealed that uh, he wants to become the next Bond, uh, the next James Bond character. Um, he also mentioned that like his fa- his grandfather, Peter Maivia, played a, vil- a villain in 67's uh, You Only Live Twice. Uh, he said, yes, my grandfather was a Bond villain. He's more of a goon with Sean Connery. Very, very cool. And I would like to follow in the next footsteps uh, to be the next Bond. Nigga, no. <laughs> Just no. Like. Like, we're all for inclusivity and everything, but like. But not that one. No. Like, one. James Bond has a level of uh, being inconspicuous. That dude is a walking fucking tank. Yeah. Like, if he wants to, try to do your own, do your own spy franchise. And he thinks he's suave, but he's not. There's a picture of, it's it's from some red notice. There's a picture of of, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Dwayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot, right? And Ryan Johnson's in the middle with his suit. He just looks like a square with like a (laughs) circle on that, like for a head and shit. No. Yeah. 
just no. Um, and then one more bit of Bond news. Um, mm, it looks like Tom Holland. Tom Holland wants to be James Bond. Um, His friend um, Jacob uh, Jacob Battleon. Mm-hmm. Um, he played his friend Ned in the MCU oh, and yeah, the Spider Man yeah, yeah. movies. Yeah. Um, he said he told GQ. Um, he talks about being James Bond a lot, a lot, a lot. But <laughs> uh, I say like give him like ten years. Yeah, yeah. See where he goes. Yeah, I'm of the same mind that like, like I think he's maybe I think uh, Tom Holland is maybe what twenty. I think he's maybe twenty four, twenty five right now. Uh, yeah, he's twenty five years old. He is a bit young. He's got a baby face. Like, yeah, he needs to like grow a little bit. He could definitely play. <clears throat> he can definitely play James Bond Junior. Like the cartoon character. Yeah, he could. Um, but yeah, he's like, yeah, like talk. I think I think they should talk to him about like <laughs> maybe like ten years where he gets a bit more. I don't know, like hair on his chest or or whatever. Get yeah. a little bit older to do it. This reminds me of the story of Henry Cavill when. Um, he was up for the James Bond role when um, uh, Daniel Craig was 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 uh, going for it as well for uh, Casino Royale, and they the 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 Broccoli family was just like, no, he's just too young. And at the time, Henry Cavill was like twenty two, I think. Now Cavill can definitely do Bond, um, but like he he got years on him now. He's like he doesn't look like a baby face or anything like right. that. While Tom Holland, he might be a high schooler for the next ten years. The way how he's growing, exactly. So, I mean, we'll, like, you know, like, t- hey, Tom, I know you're listening. Like, come back in about 10 years, dude. <laughs> and we'll see. <laughs> yeah. You're All still right. a good actor, though. Yeah, legit. Like, like legit. Not a bad actor, but, like, not for Bond right now. Yeah. All right, what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our recent review of Ghostbusters Afterlife. You're a great mom. I don't know. I'm fine with Trevor. But with Phoebe, she really keeps me on the outside. That's normal. She's an awkward, nerdy kid. Maybe a new home can be an opportunity to start fresh. I just wish she'd get into some trouble. There's still time. What are you doing here in Somerville, anyway? We're completely broke. And our grandfather left us this creepy old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Your father wasn't much of a homemaker. He could hardly keep the power on. You're saying he left us nothing? Well, I wouldn't say nothing. You went with the station wagon? It's the only one that had an engine. What is happening here? Somehow. A town with no fault lines is shaking on a daily basis. Maybe it's the apocalypse. The synopsis is, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. Directed by Jason Jason Reitman. Um, it's written by Gil Keenan and Jason Reitman. Stars Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace, Logan Kim, and Celeste O'Connor. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, all right, let me start off by saying I did not expect to like this movie. Neither um, did I. 
like I I I saw the 2016 Ghostbusters that was like an all female cast, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. It wasn't as funny, but I get what they're trying to do. Um, I remember I wrote a review and I think I gave it like a C or something like that. It was something that I was like, let's just see what they can do with this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it wasn't that much of a success because now I got Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so I was coming in thinking like. I probably won't like it. I'll still, I'll definitely give it a chance, but I'll probably not like it. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm actually pretty happy to say that I I actually enjoyed it. Um, more of the second half. Yeah. The first half, it, it's funny because like Ghostbusters is already it already has this world, like we already know the Ghostbusters world, and I feel like this one had to kind of like redo it again, like kind of rebuild this world to kind of like remind people of this whole ghostbusters kind of thing mm-hmm. um so i felt it kind of did some of that well it's probably because they weren't shooting it in new york yeah yeah and they're they're introducing like all these like these essentially these brand new characters right mm-hmm. um so i had it had a lot of like building this relationship with these characters um i felt like once it really got past that the movie started to really go mm-hmm. it was like all right this is like a legit story granted it's still not that funny like there was a few chuckles and everything like that but nothing really memorable mm-hmm. but i still enjoyed it just for like the journey of like uh the character of phoebe i even like got to like the the guy logan kim who played podcast mm-hmm. i still think that's a dumbass fucking name but i still like the character yeah uh what did you what did you think of this movie I thought it was a a really good film. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it would be a disservice to the original to try and recapture the same charm, which I think is why the 2016 one probably didn't do as well. Because mm-hmm. they were just trying too hard to make it funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this one didn't try to do that. I think it just focused on the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like their little relationships with each other and everything. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think that worked out really great for this film. What do you think of the um, one of the things I keep hearing about, like why people don't like this movie, is because it's too much fan service. Um, and and I and I know I know you're not a huge Ghostbuster fan. Like you 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 know you just watched the first one, and it's been like well like what maybe over like twenty years since you saw it. Like you don't really remember the first one, right? Right. All I remembered was like I was kind of scared of them being on that roof and all the like. To me, it looked like lightning, but it was yeah. just the yeah. their guns or whatever. Yeah, and you never saw the second one, correct? Yeah, I don't think I did. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't think I know. I know why people could say it was a lot of fan service. I think mm-hmm. maybe at the very end, like with the credits and everything. Mm-hmm. That's the only part where I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I really could give two shits. Like, mm, okay. But I know that they were doing it because, like, they made the original, but. Yeah. And, like, my, my whole thing with the whole fan service kind of thing, it, 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 it doesn't bother me because if you think about it, like, like a lot of these adaptation films, like, let's just go, like, Marvel or DC, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're essentially fan service. They're like, oh, that's this character. Oh, this is what he means when he says this. You mm-hmm. know, stuff like, they're essentially, like, fan service, right? Um, this movie kind of this movie does do it, but like it really doesn't. I think it does it just enough so that you can really make the connection back to the old film. Yeah, yeah. But you're still in it with the new characters. Yeah. 
like if we're going to talk about fan service, I mean, we were just talking about Star Wars and the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like, that's they, an example of a place where that has no fucking place. Yeah, that and that that was too much fan service. That was like, hey, okay, the fans all want this, so let's just go ahead and give them what the what they want, even though it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And here. There's stuff that still kind of doesn't make any sense, but it it still works within the context. Like, um, let's say, let's say, no, you know, I'll say that for later because uh, it's still kind of a spoiler if people haven't seen the, the trailer for it. Um, but it's like the inclusion of like of a certain ghost. Yeah, that is just like oh, I can see why that's fan service, but it still kind of works, especially with like what's going to happen near the end. Yeah, there's a not that particular ghost but there's another ghost that reminds me of one of the more famous ones mm-hmm. from ghostbusters yeah maybe i did see ghostbusters too okay what what are you talking about what what was what's your mind coming about when did you ghostbusters 2 have slimer in it yeah they both have slimer in it no but i mean like a bigger part no i swear i must have had a fever dream or i saw it somewhere where Slimer was like part of the gang. You're remembering the cartoon. Oh, maybe I did watch that then. <laughs> You're watching the cartoon. Slimer was part of the team in the cartoon. Ah. Okay. okay. Anyways, there's another ghost that reminds me of him. Oh, okay. And I'm okay. just kind of like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking? Are you talking about like that one ghost they encounter? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um. Okay, so what do you, so this is this is Jason Reitman's film, uh, directed by Jason Reitman. This is actually his first like franchise film. He's more he's more known as an indie director, but he's the son of Ivan Reitman, the guy who directed the first Ghostbuster movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of his direction? I liked his direction. Um, there were a little. I think the pacing was a little off in some parts. Yeah, yeah, I feel where that. sometimes it was kind of fast. Mm-hmm. Especially the beginning when they're when you're meeting the family and stuff. It just seemed like everything was oh yeah they're like one location and then boom they're another location mm-hmm. like oh, yeah yeah I, I yeah i definitely admit that was a little too fast like why like we get why this character moved but like why is she in this situation like what the fuck happened yeah it's like he wanted to hurry up and get them through it so he could get started with the rest of the film mm-hmm. um but like it's almost like he did it that way and he was trying to build some sort of chaos for mm-hmm. their their lives and it, but it was just very fast, so yeah. it, it didn't. For me, that didn't really quite stick. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I liked the rest of it. Like okay. I didn't really have any issues with pacing for most of the rest of it. I was pretty much, mm-hmm. especially after that second half. Yeah, yeah, and given that, given that, like I said, this is Ivan Reib- Ivan Reitman, who's more who's more known as like an independent director. Um, you still get a sense that like he honed his craft. Like I, I think Ivan Reitman had done like maybe at least I'm not Ivan, um, uh, Jason Reitman. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying Jim Reitman for some reason. Uh, Jason Reitman. He's done several movies before, uh, before this Ghostbuster film. Um, shit, he's done. Oh yeah, did he do the Front Runner? Was that his movie? Oh, oh okay. Never mind. I'm thinking of a different Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. film. Fuck. Okay. So yeah, he's he's done like several movies like before, uh, before Ghostbusters, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So you, and like I said, they're more independent. But like you can tell, he's he still has his craft kind of honed. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, let me see if I can just like make it a bit bigger this time. Because um, a lot of his films, they're more like character driven. Mm-hmm. Where like for example, like Up in the Air with George Clooney, 
great movie great fucking character driven story um even like Juno's even Juno's a, a good movie as well but it's not like actiony it's not like serious but you like grow with these characters so i feel like he was able to incorporate that and got us to care about all these other characters in ghostbusters afterlife he should afterlife. have done the eternals ooh hmm because i'm just saying in this one mm-hmm. the relationships between everybody mm-hmm. were so much more genuine yeah, but like I think in a in a internals there was what, like what ten characters that we had to like grow with, and yeah, Ghostbusters but, Afterlife there's like four. Five. But he also wrote this film. If he had any part in writing mm-hmm. Eternals, mm-hmm. I think it would have been a little different. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I can see why they he they wouldn't have approached him because he's not Asian. Because he's well, just not that because he's a white male. Like yeah. this is like a heavily. In terms of the heavily diverse cast, they're like, I'm sure, I'm not saying like, uh, in a way, politics would get involved mm. with this. People would be like, well, you got to have a white person behind this multicultural group with these different facets of life and blah, 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 blah. But, you know. Or co-wrote, at least. Yeah, he definitely would have done some good writing with that movie. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of acting, who did anybody stick out for you? Um, I actually really liked uh, Phoebe. The what McKenna Grace? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, not a fan of child actors, but I liked her in this movie a lot. Like she was my favorite because she was. They didn't say she had anything, but you knew she had autism. Yeah, or some form of like, like, like awkward kind of like situation mentally or something like that. I don't want to say Asperger because that's not even like the correct term to use but i I can see that that's what my daughter's school district would like to call um like extra gifted or something yeah yeah i think that where it's like they don't want to say that you have autism or you have whatever but or asperger's or anything anything like that yeah they're definitely like because what it does is it focuses your talents like hyper focuses them on one thing Mm. and then you're not as good at something else and so this this character is very um so you can't even say the word on the spectrum because now it's considered offensive yeah <laughs> but i feel like anything you say is going to be offensive like mm-hmm. i know like even with the black culture it went from like black to african-american then Af- then african-americans they didn't like being called african-american because they're not african mm-hmm. so then they went back to black like yeah it's yeah so it, it just keeps going around in circles. But. Yeah, I, I stick with that for Latino, and I just roll with that. <laughs> like, I'm good with that. Even even like even like people, certain people don't even like Latin X. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, uh, um, I really liked her because her character look, is trying to find her way. It's like a, like almost like a coming of age type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like like everything she did was really genuine. I really enjoyed her. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I second that. Uh, she was, um, I, th- I think, she, <laughs> I, I feel like this character won me over with those horrible, horrible dad jokes. Yes, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, as soon like, as I heard the first one, uh, I just felt my body tensing up. Like, <laughs> I hope he doesn't remember any of them. <laughs> What was it? I'm trying to remember. Is uh, I'm trying to remember the setup. Um, 
Oh, what's what are the similarities between a cigarette and a and a hamster? If you put both in your mouth, you light them, something bad will happen. Something like that. It's some like stupid <laughs> joke like that. Or what do you call a dead polar bear? Oh, anything you want doesn't care is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, her performance. Um, I feel like I've seen her somewhere, but I can't. Cause her, she, her name sounds familiar. Yeah, I feel like I've seen her somewhere. Let me see. McKenna Grace. Um, damn, I'm, I'm looking at her. Oh, ho, 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 ho. that's why she looks familiar. Really? She, played, she was in Sabrina. She was young Madison and oh, yeah. malignant. Yeah. That's why she looks so familiar. That's not why I remember her, though. She was in something else before that, and you knew her from that. Oh, she was in Annabelle Comes Home. Uh, oh, she was a young Carol in Captain Marvel. I yeah. forgot they did a Bad Seeds TV series. Holy shit. Yeah, but she was in the Sabrina, the Netflix um, series. You like? I remember you liking I, Ta- I Tanya. She played young uh, Tanya. Yeah. Tanya Harding. So maybe that's maybe that's where it's kind of like coming back. Once upon a time. I know you watched Ready Player One. Supposedly she was in that. Never seen it. You didn't. I've actually never taken time to see it. One because I remember reading the book, enjoying it, then not liking it after three thinking about it, and then I heard the movie's not that great either. Mm. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll watch it sometime. Anyway, um, one person who she was in Gifted. Oh, I never watched that crap ass fucking Fox show. <laughs> one person who something about Carrie Coon. There's always something about Carrie Coon. Every time I see her, I want to watch more of her. Like, like I, I she plays everything from this place of realism. I feel like yeah, like you can relate with her because she's maybe a little jaded, and with every fucking character she does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like overly done where you're like, like she's not willing to live her life. Yeah. 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 And also like, it's not annoying and whiny. Yeah. Like she, she always, her characters from, from what I've seen in her, in her previous work, her characters come up as like guarded, but not, but not like a bitch about it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can understand why she's like this, why yeah. she's like upset or why she has like uh, a certain animosity towards like another character. Like I love her in, and uh, the the leftovers. I thought she was fucking phenomenal in that show. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed her in this um, because she was still kind of guarded, but she was still playful. Like I enjoyed the banter between her and Paul Rudd, who it's it's funny. I didn't think they would have Paul Rudd as like this really the secondary character character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he was able to bring in the laughs and stuff like that, but they really put him like I'll say they they really put him put put him as like the the Lewis Tully type character, mm-hmm. the Rick Moranis character from the first Ghostbusters movie, kind of. But Rick Moranis was a bumbling fucking idiot in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like that's what I said. Kind of like he he wasn't like full on like like slipping up and everything. You can see he's kind of like he's like silly, but he's still smart. Like he's like a what a size seismologist or something mm-hmm. like that. It's, that's not a spoiler, at all folks. Um, but so you, but you can get like, I mean, it plays it plays up to into his strength was just like his charm yeah yeah um all right you want to hop into the uh, spoiler section yes uh yeah so we're in the spoiler section talking great lengths about ghostbusters afterlife uh did you queue it up did you queue it up i know right now <laughs> <laughs> you push the right button i know oh shit the pressure oh my god <laughs> anyway here's your spoiler bumper right about now 
Okay, let's save the ending, the, the ending for last. Yeah. Because I don't feel like crying right now. Okay. <laughs> um, from the start, I it was already winning me over. Because we start off where we don't know it's him, but it's fucking, it's, it's, um, it's Egon. Yeah. Uh, he's like running from like this. He, he just caught a ghost, a big ghost or something like that. It's taken off, but we don't know exactly what's going on. Right. But it's like intriguing enough to be like, what the fuck is happening? Like, mm-hmm. let me stay with this. I, this is where I really like Reitman's directing. Um, he, cause you know, cause Harlan Ramis is no longer with us, but we got to feel that he was there. Like the way how the the camera was able to like keep him in the shadows, obscure his face a little, little bit. Mm-hmm. But you still got the idea like that's Egon. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was well executed. Yeah. I thought that was like great. I was like, oh shit, like this is it. Okay, you're, you're like, you're selling me this movie right now. I didn't know mm-hmm. who that was supposed to be. Oh, at the, at the beginning? Yeah. I was interested. It was very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know who it was supposed to be. And on, mm. and honestly, I, I felt like because they didn't show the ghost killing him, mm-hmm. that it kind of left it ambiguous what which spirit went off into the sky until yeah. Yeah. the family real, like learned that um, Callie's father died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're like, oh, okay, he died. So then where the fuck is the fucking monster? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think I was able to really like catch on to it. Uh, I think even like passing Ghostbuster fans know it um, because you know I've seen like the Ghostbuster movies like so many times, and I it, it's more understandable why you're just like I don't know who that is because just barely watched like the first one again. So yeah. Long. Um, All I saw was like liver spotted hand. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is that Bill Murray? <laughs> <laughs> that have been some shit. They kill Bill Murray in the first five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. So like. So one of the complaints that you had talked about was the rushing of of the of the Cali introduction scene, right? The of like her family, right? Yeah, like so you kind of see that she is in the apartment with her kids. Mm. You get Phoebe who's fucking around with the electrical. Mm. You get um, Trevor who was played by Finn Wolfhard. Mm. I forgot what he was doing, but he was also getting. Oh, in he, trouble. he was getting his hair cut. Oh, yeah, he was getting his hair cut, and she was just hacking it or whatever. Yeah. And then she gets a, a what, a knock at the door, and it's her uh, superintendent who's like, hey. Uh, no, 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 the uh, Phoebe, the, the power goes out. Oh, yeah. Like, it comes back. Then, like, the whole, like, landlord thing happens. Yeah. yeah, and then they lost power again Yeah. while she was talking to him. Yeah. But, like, <clears throat> I liked that you got to see Phoebe was really uber smart. And, like, Trevor was kind of your average teenager, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really seem super intelligent like his sister did. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't an idiot either. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, all of a sudden, they're gone. Yeah, they're, like, evicted. Boom. Like, that's it. Like, we don't get an idea of, like... And they... they, they, they I mean, they didn't even really bring it up either. Like, where's the dad... Why is his dad not there? Why does Phoebe have these money issues? And I'm not saying I'm not saying I need like a graph. Oh, I have the mic again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not saying I need like a graph of this shit, but just kind of be like a little bit more background. Yeah. Um, Other than like her hatred for her grandfather. 
And she apparently hates science. Yeah. Her dad, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about it is, like, it's, I think it's funny how they were, like, trying to really play this up, like. Like, she doesn't care that her daughter's super smart. Yeah. She doesn't want to foster that in her. Yeah. Like, she's just along for the ride. Mm. And, you know, she just doesn't like science. Yeah, yeah. And they and I feel like they really stretched that whole reveal of like them realizing who their who the the kids realizing who their grandfather is. Mm-hmm. Like like at, at no point did the mom go I mean like when I when I was little, like my grandfather wasn't around, <laughs> but I at least knew his name at a very early age. Yeah. You know, never met him. I've heard stories of him, you know, and I, I at least knew his name. And this one, they were just like, they just kept referring to him as like, um, mom's dad. Yeah. And like, that's it. And it was like, did you, like, and I'm sure Egon is <laughs> not a name that's constantly, that's not so well used. I mean, yeah. in, in the context of the Ghostbusters world or some shit like that. Yeah. You know, I've never met an Egon in no. real life, but I'm sure they would be like, Egon, hmm, what's his dad's name? What, or what's grandpa's name? Egon, let me, put, oh shit, th- grandpa's a Ghostbuster. <laughs> Like, how hard is that to find out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, at, at what at what point do you feel like, because um, I, I think you and I share the same sentiment about, like, how the first kind of, like, dra- the first half kind of dragged off, dragged on for a while. Mm-hmm. At what point did you think it, like, okay, now it's picking up. Like, I'm entertained with this movie. When Finn was able to get the car going. Mm, okay. And then he did that fucking, like dive over a berm and he went airborne and yeah. he picked up his sister and uh podcast oh and after like they just got done chasing the ghost and shit no that was just before no 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 like no they had they were already chasing it oh no 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 they chased the ghost uh no in the, in, in no, the where in the warehouse they were they had already encountered that ghost in the warehouse oh that ghost yeah yeah okay it was after that okay 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 I thought uh, you meant the one that they were that. I mean, it was the same one, but they were chasing through the town. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm talking about like when they first in, when they were like, "What the fuck's that noise?" First of all, that is so stupid. Like, I, and that, okay. that bothered me because I was like, "He looks like Slimer, but he's like a grayish blue." Yeah, he even kind of metal, he, and, and he leaves slime everywhere. Exactly right, and I get that's like the fan service kind of thing. I that didn't bother me so much because I was like, I get what they're doing, but at the same time, like. You guys could have been a little bit more creative on yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I felt like it I felt like it actually picked up. This is going to sound... <laughs> speaking of fan service, fanboy, and everything. I felt like it picked up when they... when. Or when Phoebe was in the basement talking to her granddad, but she didn't know who he was. No, 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 no. I honestly felt it like it picked up when they were testing the proton pack. Well, like when they when they when, oh. they, when he when she sparked up that fucking the gun, mm. and you hear the. I was like, oh, I that it. was right before the the ghost. Yeah, yeah, but just like that, I was like, I don't know. I started feeling. I was like, okay, I'm feeling it. I'm starting to feel something about this, and like the, and I think this goes into uh, McKenna Grace's acting, her performance, because when she was firing that thing, she looked so like, holy shit, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I had this moment of like, holy shit, that would be absolutely amazing if I was a kid too. Like, yeah. wow, you know. <laughs> In my mind, I was like, holy shit, I'd hate to be their parents seeing that right now. <laughs> They're gonna die. <laughs> hey, 
It's it's so that's the mom and me. You're you're wearing you're wearing it off a your 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 kind of somewhat nihilist attitude is kind of wearing on me. <laughs> because like when they fired it, I was like, Oh, they're gonna it's gonna be a brutal fucking death. It's like they hit each other with it, like, oh my god. <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking, like, oh I lost a leg. <laughs> <laughs> my body exploded. <laughs> um But they can die and still be friends. Would you in really this movie. would you really want to be a friend of somebody that accidentally kills you? Yeah, if it's an accident was it <laughs> uh so so yeah like the like i i, I think another i think another i haven't i don't really know this is kind of my assumption that some people who are, who do not like this movie and say about the fan service is the fact that like the ghost the big baddie in this one is gozer again mm. um which if you think about it they were kind of setting it up in the the spoiler 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 for ghostbusters uh, the the all female cast one, um, directed by Paul Feige. There you go. Fake, Kevin Feige. Fake, Paul Fake. Okay, that at the end of that one, when the credits, at the post credits was they were introducing the idea of Zool coming back, mm-hmm. right? But it, they were just like they were like, who's this Zool character, right? So if they did a sequel, it would have focused on Zool, right? So yeah. we still would have gotten that. I didn't mind the Gozer thing again, and the reason why I didn't mind it is because. It's like they're drawing a conclusion to that story. Mm-hmm. Like like how Star Wars Force Awakens was like setting things up to end the whole Skywalker legacy. Mm-hmm. This one essentially ended the Ghostbusters legacy that we know. The uh, the Ray, the Vankman, the the Winston. Uh, and the Egon. And the Egon legacy. Like, we're done. Like, well, it also kind of brought you to the origin of like where these these beings came from mm-hmm. with the whole um what's his name that played the guy in the glass casket oh jk simmons yeah like jk simmons character yeah. it was like like yvonne stroman or some shit something like, like that yeah 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 like he he was he wanted to bring them back and he wanted to fulfill this prophecy so they would like elevate him to like a higher being or something and they mm. just Straight up fucking murk them. <laughs> yeah, Gozer, like, first of all, J.K. Simmons showing up. I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, when I realized who played Gozer was Olivia Wilde, I was like, what the fuck? That was surprising as fuck. Yeah. And I was super excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Evo, Evo Shan- Shandor. Evo Shandor, that's the, the character's name. Yeah, that really caught me off guard. Like, them showing up. And it's funny thing is, like... Get, uh, Olivia Wilde kind of like her body and her facial structure I mean not she too did kind of look a lot like the original one yeah yeah the actress who played uh, Gozer um, so okay so let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about that ending okay okay I I, I knew that I knew that the original Ghostbusters were going to show up in some capacity Mm-hmm. Um, they show they showed uh, they showed Ray, you know he's like the owner of like an occult like gift shop store or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew they were going to be in the movie in some capacity because they were they were actually doing press for this movie, but I didn't know like how. Like oh, I wonder maybe one at a time, two at a time, whatever. So when it seems like the family, the Coon family is going to like die or. Um, Spangler's family is going to, like, be obliterated. The Coon family. I know, right? I was like, let me fix that. (laughs) 
Um, no, no, no. But also her last name is Coon. Yeah, Coon. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the actress's last name, not the not the character. Oh, Carrie Coon. My bad. So my. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly Spangler. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, that whole thing happens, and then all of a sudden, like, you see the Ghostbusters show up. You see Fakeman, you see Ray, you see Winston show up, right? Mm-hmm. And th- at that moment, I was like, oh, my God, we're, like, they're all on fucking, like, here. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> like, they're all here. <laughs> or most <laughs> of them are here, right? Yeah. So I was feeling it. I was like, cool. And I even liked, like, the little jokes that they had coming back referencing the Ghostbusters. Where they were like, um, where <laughs> where Go- Gozer was like, are you a god? And Ray's like, like, we'll say yes. Come on. Remember this last time. Yeah. I, thought th- I thought that was funny. I like that, yeah. I thought that was uh, funny, right? And they didn't. She didn't immediately kill them. I know, right? And they actually, I mean, they got their asses whooped, right? Yeah. Like, fucking Bill Murray was even like, oh, I don't remember it. No, I think it was, I think it was Anna Ackroyd said, oh, I don't remember it, remember it being this painful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> was enjoying it. Really getting to it. And then, like, finally everybody got their proton pack, was blasting fucking Gozer and everything. And then you and see. And even um, Phoebe, looking at Grace's character, was. Yeah, she pulled out one fucking uh, Trevor had a proton pack and everything like that. I was feeling it, and then you see that ghost hand, like, oh, because because Phoebe's being pushed away. Yeah, because it was a really powerful weapon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, goes was like pushing back at it and everything, and you see like that ghost hand show up, and it's like, it's it's uh, it's Harold Ramis. It's not really Harold Ramis, but it's like a very a really great CGI version of him. Exactly, and it works well in the context of the movie because he's like a, he's a he's a he's a spectral, he's a spirit, and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. I started getting a little teary eye. No, actually, you. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I heard you sniffling. You took your glasses off. No. You're wiping your eyes. I'm like, are you crying? You have allergies. You're like, no, no, crying. no, 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 no. I said a little bit because I was just like, I was like, oh my god, it's Harold Ramis. Holy shit! Because I love Harold Ramis, right? I love Stripes. I love fucking love Stripes, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, holy shit, this is good. Oh my god, this is like a great send off for this character. Oh my god, oh my god, all right, 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 mm-hmm. right. And then like defeated the bad guy. Uh... And then they have that moment where uh, Callie, uh, like Callie, sees her her dad, and they hug. That's when the waterworks start but coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not because of like I, I was emotional moment, but I was just like, oh my god, my daddy issues are still here. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> yeah, I knew like once I heard you sniffling, and I was like, what? Oh, I get it. Plus I, plus, I think, like, the lack of sleep <laughs> might have something to do with it, too. Yeah. Plus, you know, our collective issues over the last month or so. Yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. But it was, like, it was it was honestly, like, a great send-off. I feel like it was a, I feel like it was a send-off, uh, particularly for maybe, for the, the original cast, like, Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray. Especially Bill Murray because of how they, how Bill Murray and... Hell, Ramis had like a feud between each other because like their friendship. Because they were friends, and then they they were close friends. Yeah, yeah. And I think I feel like I don't. I mean, I don't know if Bill Murray ever made amends to his before. I don't know the dude personally, but I feel like this was like, all right, I'm making amends to. I'm like saying goodbye to like my friend mm-hmm. and all that. And I thought, I, like I said, didn't expect to like this movie. Fucking came out of there crying. <laughs> um. I'm trying to see what else. Uh, oh, okay. So, with that being said, um, they have been trying, uh, like, studios have been trying to get these guys together again, 
right? For another Ghostbusters movie, it's been non it has been non-existent right right and now um, they're too old to really carry a film yeah and i think i know bill murray shows up in the the 2016 ghostbusters movie i don't remember if dan Aykroyd does or ernie hudson does um but what really got peter what peter Venkman, what really got bill murray back was that he said he said in an interview he said the script is good and it's a lot uh it's got a lot of emotions in it it's got uh lots of family in it with lines that are really interesting it's going to work so I guess he just he would just like I just want a better script. Just give me a better script. Well, I think he couldn't say more, but I think really he was saying like with the emotional piece, like mm-hmm. I want to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of that ending? I feel like I was talking all about my feelings towards it. But what's your, <laughs> what's your feelings on, on it? Look, I think it's a win when a film almost makes me cry. Almost makes you cry. Yeah, because I don't cry very often at movies. No, you don't. And sometimes you cry at times. I'm like, oh, is everything okay? Like, oh, shit. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we were just like, eating McDonald's. For like last night in Soho, I didn't cry at the movies, but I definitely cried on the way home. Yeah, that's what I'm like. You're like, are you fine? Is everything okay? You're driving the car. Please don't kill us. I know. <laughs> like, wipe them tears. You got to see those streetlights. <laughs> um, and I, I know I'm not the only one. I know uh, a homegirl of ours, Elsie. Mm-hmm. She she was tearing up at the end. Someone else had said James. Yeah, our James. buddy James. It got to James too. Even uh, Frank uh, over at Screen Geek, he was just like, "I like that ending. Like that was really good." Yeah. And with that, I mean, because like, um, and they took all their shit back too. Oh, it wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we're gonna leave you guys with like the promise of a sequel. We're you know by leaving this stuff with these kids. Like mm-hmm. it was. No, we're going to start the Ghostbusters back up. Yeah, like, I, I, I do, like, like, the, the post-credit <laughs> scene, the post-credit scene hints that, like, there's room for, like, a sequel. Like, a new breed. Which makes sense, because these actors, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Bill Murray, and, and Ernie Hudson, they're old. They, they can't, they can, I don't think they can really do this movie again. Mm. Um, but it leaves a door open of, like, a possible sequel, which I'm fine with. But to tell you the truth, if they decide not to do a sequel, I'm fine with it. I feel like, boom, this is like a bookend right here. Yeah, but I, it was a great ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but though, I, so we're going to talk about post-credits then. Yeah, I want to hear, because you said, you. I, 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 I want you to share your, your opinion on the mid credit scene. Yeah. So that's the one with Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray? Mm-hmm. So you, you're like, well, they got married, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I didn't see that they were married. I saw that they maybe were old friends. They were in wedding rings. That doesn't mean they were married to each other. All right, logistics, go ahead. <laughs> do your do your thing. Do your thing. I got the sense that um, it's funny because I thought the the girl who was the um, secretary. Oh, um, uh, Annie Potts. Who? Uh, I mean, she uh, shows. Oh, Jenny, who plays by Annie, plays by Annie Potts. Yeah, she <laughs> shows up in the film more as like their attorney or something. Yeah, she was like kind of handling uh, Egon's money or finances to like keep the house. Which is so strange because they were kind of into each other, and I thought that they would have gotten together. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that would be her, uh, Kelly's mom, but I felt like that was maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity Well, we'll to, like, elevate her character a bit, too. But we'll get into that when we talk about the, the Ghostbusters movie, because there's actually a bit more. Because you're right, yeah, because in the, in the... 
I mean, and I know you're not the only one. I'm not the only one. People, you always got a sense that like there's chemistry between Penny. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Janine and and Egon. Yeah. But it's never really fully explored. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's what I think about that. Okay, so here's why I say I actually do like it. Not just the fact that like oh they're totally <clears throat> married now, um, and they 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 had a thing at the end of first one in the, end of first Ghostbusters, and they had to rekindle this thing in the second one, but. She gives him the electric, the the electrical oh, test yeah, from yeah. the first one, mm-hmm. and it's like cool. Vegman's getting to taste his own medicine. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, all in all, like like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I did not expect to like it, but I actually really enjoyed this movie. Me too. Yeah. Debating if I should go watch it again. You should. Every time you need a good cry. I kind of just want to watch just for that that climactic battle. Just like this to see them, just see them all again. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, I'm crying. <laughs> Why'd you leave me, Dad? Ah! <laughs> uh, all right. So, <laughs> are we done? Yes. All right. What do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. All right. So. We are going to talk about some of the stories of the unexplained. So we're not just going to relegate it to ghosts, mm-hmm. but maybe some other things uh, that we might have seen or experienced. Um, you go first. You go first. You go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to start off with the not ghost related stuff. Okay. Because the earliest thing I could really remember is that for a while, I would get off the bus mm-hmm. and I would walk the half a mile or so back to my house. Mm-hmm. And I would always have a song playing in my head. And it wasn't always the same one. Mm-hmm. And I would go home and I would turn on the radio in my room and it would be the song playing that I had in my head. Oh, wow. Holy shit. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, Pick, you're picking up them airwaves and shit. I know. Um,. And, like, over the years, I would have similar experiences to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the older I've gotten, the the less it's happened, just because I get so bogged down by things. But, like... Yeah, isn't it... Um, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but isn't it um, something where... I think you've told me, or I've heard it elsewhere, but, like, how when we were, when we were younger, we're more in tune to shit like that. And as mm-hmm. we get older, it kind of yeah. like just fades away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one time when I was living in San Jacinto, mm-hmm. I was pumping gas mm-hmm. and, um, I had an image of my, in my head of like the gas, like coming, like rushing out of the tank mm-hmm. while I was still pumping it. Like it didn't click and turn off. Yeah. And then it happened. Oh shit. And I was like, Oh fuck. Maybe, like, maybe you did it with your mind. Maybe. I think I told you about it and we had actually had an argument about deja vu and how like mm-hmm. deja vu is not real. It's just. Your oh. mind not catching up to what you're actually seeing, blah, 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 blah. But no, mm. that's not what happened. Okay. Are you um. sure your mind wasn't catching up to what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, I always thought I would see, like, shadow people living at my dad's house. Oh, yeah. I don't. I, 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 I do believe. I do believe in that shit. Yeah. I've, I've had some experience with that as well. Um, one time I was living in Oceanside in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And, like, I could see, like, a little kid down the hallway, but out of the corner of my eyes, so I didn't know if I could see it or not. Mm. And this would be, like, after, like, 
Cameron was in bed and I didn't have cadence yet. Yeah. Um, and then one time I was watching TV and it was daytime. Mm-hmm. And I could actually see a kid. Like he was standing next to the TV and I wasn't looking at him. But he w- he was like, he like kind of bent this way. Not, not in a creepy way, but like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, pay attention to me. Like, I want to play, you know, like. Uh-huh. And then he was gone. And he he looked like he was from, like, the 80s. Because he had, like, like shorts. Mm-hmm. He had, like, a striped shirt on. He had, like, a like almost like a bowl cut. And mm-hmm. It was, like, a dirty, like, sandy blonde color. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> You've never told me that story. Yes, I have. No. I have. No, you haven't. I've told it to you at least twice. That one I would remember because I'm I I'm like oh fuck I don't know if I'm gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> um, and then one other one is not really a story that's mine, but mm-hmm. I know that um, my mom used to date someone who um, and I guess my mom would like she thinks she can see things mm-hmm. even now sometimes. Um, with the, <clears throat> with those thick ass glasses she wears, so I can see anything. <laughs> Hey, look, my eyes are bad too, okay? Yeah, but I hers literally look like fucking bottlenecks. Bottle caps, you mean? Whatever. Thick ass glasses there. <laughs> um She'd probably start a fire if she just tilted her head in a certain way with the sunlight. Mm. So um one time she was like, I guess, eating dinner or something with her boyfriend, and she's like, Hey, don't freak out, but like do you know someone who used to wear a leather jacket all the time mm-hmm. and like he used to walk around with like a sawed off shotgun and he's like yeah that's like my friend he like committed suicide like a few years ago or whatever mm-hmm. she's like he's standing right next to you like mm-hmm. so it was kind of creepy like she's able to like describe what he looked like and like the whole like sawed off shotgun thing and everything mm-hmm. and and he was just standing there right next to her boyfriend wow okay fuck that noise really yeah fuck that <laughs> fuck <laughs> oh crap this is a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all my stories that's all your stories um you gonna talk about unicycle man <laughs> Let's wait there for later. That's for later. Okay. <laughs> they don't know what I mean. Yeah, so. I know. I know. Um, I'm trying to. I could have swore I've told. I've told some of my ghost stories on this podcast. We. I. If. If not, then I, I'll pull. I'll pull from like one of them. Um. So not not just ter- ter- in terms of ghosts, um, but also like unexplained kind of things or whatever like that. Um. First of all, I've always had like this. I don't. I don't know if I, I. I don't know if it's correct or anything. I have have. I've had evidence of it being correct, but I don't know if it's if it still works. I used to kind of have this thing where I would look, like look at somebody and be like, "Oh, you're gonna be this when you get older, like job wise, or this is what's gonna happen to you, like something." But something like weird, right? Some just like, wait, what? And then like it would kind of come back later. Mm-hmm. Case in point was um, uh, was my was my friend Delvon. He's he's not with us anymore. He died back in I think like 2005, 2007. He's been dead for a while. Um, but he was my best friend. We grew up together and everything. And he he died of uh, leukemia. Um, but 
but years, years, years before he died, like I remember just looking at him and be like, "Oh, you're gonna become like a preacher when you get older," you know, like so just, like you're just gonna be like something really with God or whatever. Uh huh. And he was this guy who would like got he got in trouble. He would like smoke weed. He get into fights. All this kind of stuff. You never think this was gonna happen to him. But like. I don't know how, but like, well, not how, but eventually, like, as he started getting, like, we started getting sicker and sicker, and started getting closer towards like the end. He actually started kind of like being with God and stuff like that. His, his no lie, his thing would be, his thing was like, me and God are cool. Like, this is before he like got sick and started getting into this mentality. But he would say sub like, <coughs> he he would say something like, I don't shit in God's house. He's not gonna shit in mine. Yeah. This is it. Like we're cool. Mm-hmm. But as he got, but as he was getting close towards the end, he actually started becoming more like accepting say, of it, accepting more preachy like and stuff like that. Um, and I'm trying to, and it was just like this, like this feeling of it, right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> A couple of other stories that I think that, like, what's the word? I don't say empath, but I, it's empath is the correct word. Like when you're more in tune to like. Oh, I'm no empathetic. You know how like I can know people without meeting them. Yeah. Like I feel their presence, or I know how they're feeling without them even saying a word. Yeah. That's an empath. Okay. That's and I forgot to mention that, but that's definitely me. I know what yeah, people you're more, are thinking you're and more feeling. Of an empath, yeah. Um, I think what you're saying is more um, precog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's say like more precog, right? And. Just to kind of give you guys like, oh, actually, I'll say that when I get into the ghost story part. So with the precog stuff, like I've had situations where like, like I've, I've just had like this, like I said, I've had this sense of this is gonna happen, and then like boom, right? So there was like one time that I was I was sleeping with this woman, um, and at the time she was with somebody as well, right? And and she had gotten pregnant, mm-hmm. but. She was like, it might be, it might be yours, it might not be yours, right? And I was just like, holy fuck, right? Mm-hmm. I definitely did not want a kid at the time. I was like, holy shit, and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I had this dream that I went with her to the hospital. She um, was pregnant. She was delivering the kid, and she looked at the kid. And we both looked at the kid, and it, the kid was not mine. Like some, there's, there, like the kid didn't really look like me, but there's a sense of like, oh, that's definitely not my kid. Like, yeah. was not my kid, right? She was pregnant, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, she was pregnant. Fucking the next day, she called me. She was like, oh, I delivered the baby. I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, this kid's not yours. <laughs> like straight up, this kid's not yours, right? Yeah. And and I've, I've, I've seen pictures of her like recently and of the kid. That kid's definitely <laughs> that not kid's yours. definitely not mine. Like, no, at all, at all. So to kind of continue this trait going on, um, when... Uh, when my kid's mother and I, uh, her name is Amy, when her and I were uh, first dating, um, she got pregnant. She got pregnant early on in our relationship. And, you know, I was still like, fuck, I don't want a fucking kid. I'm like, worst time in my life to have a kid right now. I didn't have a job or anything like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but as time went on, I just becoming more and more and more accepting. of Okay, cool. We're going to have this kid. We're going to deal with this. All right, cool, right? So we're getting up to that. We're kind of getting up to the day where we're going to know the sex of the kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a dream. Uh, I have a dream. I, uh, I'm, I'm driving my car. I'm going to a high school. I'm picking up somebody. And it's, it's a girl, right? It's a girl that I know it's my daughter. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's like in a like 
cheerleader outfit, color guard, I think. Some some like sports uh, school sports activity, right? Mm-hmm. And she's got like this long black hair. She has like this olive skin and shit like that. And, mm-hmm. You know, the, and she had blue eyes. Okay, but I I was still like this. That's my daughter. Holy shit, that's my girl. Mm-hmm. So then I tell Amy, "Hey, we're gonna have a girl." She's like, no, no, we're going to have a boy. Like, she's just like, no, we're going to have a boy. And like, no, no, we're going to have a girl. We were mm. going back and forth. And I tell her, I'm so confident that we're having a girl. Here's the bet. Because we were going back and forth what name the kid. I said, if, it, if I'm wrong and it's a boy, you get to name him. If it's a girl, we get to name her, name her Leia. Mm. That's, how, that's how confident I was, right? Mm. Two days later, she fucking gets the test. It's a fucking girl. Mm. And then she reneged on the, on, the, on, the, on the bed. So now her middle name is Leia. <laughs> But I was like, like, don't fucking doubt me. <laughs> That's funny, too, because I, I always thought that most women knew their kids before they were born. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to think that's not true. I mean, I, I don't Because I, I knew huh. mine. I knew who they were. Yeah. Like, I knew their personalities already. Okay. And mine. I knew, like, Cameron was a girl. And I also knew, like, mm-hmm. I, in my head, I knew Cadence was a boy. Mm-hmm. But if you really think about her personality, you could see why I would think that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that, yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely feel like maybe that's just really weird that I could do that. Yeah, maybe it's just like a sense, you know, it's just like that whole sense kind of thing. Um, <coughs> and so, okay, so here, so I'm going to tell two ghost stories. Uh, before I tell you the two ghost stories, I'll tell you right now that my family has a history of dealing with shit like this. Um supposedly i don't know if it's true supposedly my great grandma was like a voodoo priestess or studied in the art of voodooism and shit like that but my family is in tune with that shit my niece she has told me stories of when she was living with her her mother's mother her her grandma on her mother's side and the shit she was just like like she didn't go into full detail but she she, you got a sense of like holy shit that fucked her up Mm -hmm. like she'll never get over it right my mom has even encountered stuff similar about like weird occurrences and shit like that so the worst ghost interaction i've ever had (coughs) also i've seen ufo that's different anyway (laughs) Um, that's not really that different we're in the spot to talk about it uh it was like this weird shiny bright light outside my window when i was a kid and it was just there it was, it was it was not a pole it was up in the sky like up in the sky it was not a helicopter there was no spinning no nothing it was just a big fucking bright light being right into my room oh wow yeah and i was like holy shit did i go to bed no i think i went to the living room and watch tv because i was like fuck this shit yeah <laughs> Um, at least I, I, I hope that happened and you didn't lose time <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> um so yeah so like the whole ghost thing like very familiar with the stuff i lived in a house for over 10 years that was that was haunted okay um worst occurrence i ever went through uh i used to uh and the bed i had like growing up my brother and i had a uh a, a, we shared a room in, in our apartment in linwood uh when my brother and i were growing up with her uh, mother was raising us we had bunk beds Right. But like they had a thing where you can either put it on top or put it on the side. Right. It was like this old fashioned bunk bed kind of thing you can't find anywhere in the stores now. Um, so when we moved to Fontana, where uh, where I spent most of my adolescence, um, I had a bed, but we still had the bunk bed. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to put a bunk bed up here. Fuck yeah, I'm going to have two beds sleep on. Yeah. All that kind of <laughs> stuff. Right. So, uh-huh. so happy about that. One night, I'll never fucking forget this. I was 
the the bed was like against the wall. So there was a wall, and if I wrote to the other side, I'm out. I'm out of the bed, right? I'm on the floor, or whatever. What happened was, one night I was sleeping, right? And the kids, <laughs> and there was kids' voices. No, <laughs> I was sleeping, and I, I, I woke up, and I was like, oh, okay. I, like I, I woke up. I, maybe I was gonna get, get some water or go to the bathroom or something like that. And my room is not like pitch black. Like it face. I remember it kind of faced where the moon was come was up. So you can still have light coming through the room. Right. I woke up. I woke up and I rolled and I hit I had I had a wall. I was like, what the fuck? So I thought like, well, maybe I just like swapped the other side or maybe I, sw- I switched body position or something while sleeping. Right. Rolled the other side. Boom. Hit another wall. Could not move. I was trapped, literally trapped in this box. And I know it's in the box because I can barely get my fingers in like little cracks. And I'm kicking the walls. I'm banging on them. I'm like, ah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not screaming out, but I'm, I'm obviously yelling like, help, help. Mm-hmm. Kicking the walls, trying to get out, whatever, all that kind of stuff, right? And then I just close my eyes and go back to sleep. And I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, there's no wall. There's like, I can get out. I'm thinking like I must have had like a bad dream. I look and I fucking see footprints on the wall. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Still remember it pretty fucking vividly too. <laughs> I remember the feel of the wall and like what I was feeling and yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. But to not, <laughs> to not end it on a on a scary note. <laughs> I saw a ghost recently as like this year. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was, at, I was at my girlfriend's house. She lives in a she lives in a very suburban area. It's very quiet. Uh it can get really dark at times because they don't have a whole lot of street lights. Get in my car. I, oh actually I'm I, I walk outside her house and I'm like I'm looking outside. I'm like, it's like really dark outside. Like there's like no moon, no nothing. It looks it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. So I get in my car. So I walk to my car. I'm like looking both sides, right? Because my car is parked across the street. Nobody's like coming. All right, cool. I uh, get in my car. Sorry. Open the door. Open the door. I sit in my car. And I reach to close the door. And as I reach, I see a body like walking towards me. And I'm. My, and no sound from the body, no footsteps, no nothing. Uh-huh. Right? There's no way that this body was there. I walked across the street looking both ways, keep my eyes on, on both ways and everything. And I look and I'm like, and my brain just goes, close the door, start the car, put in drive, take off. I just <laughs> boom, just do this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't care if there was no I don't I didn't care if there was a person there. Boom, fucking gas in it, look in the rear view mirror, there's nobody there. I fucking saw a ghost there. And it's funny, too, because I remember you telling me that you don't remember seeing legs. Yeah, I didn't see legs. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no. I didn't see uh, I didn't see feet. I, I saw like movement, uh-huh. but like no feet or anything like that. Uh-huh. So it's like, I mean, one, even if I if I just missed like missed the feet, I would have saw someone in my rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody in the rearview mirror. Here's another fucked up part. I don't think I told you this part. My tire was going out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, not pulling over. Not until I get into like a public area. <laughs> that's that's the one I call you the cycle man. You call me the cycle man. You want 
Okay, so here's the cycle one. Here's the story. Documentary I was watching a while ago. This is after the ghost incident. Documentary I was watching. It was like about like certain cities in California or like across the United States. They did one about the city of Redlands, right? First of all, it was that part was not good because it showed how very white Res- Redlands is, right? Uh, even though I've been through Redlands, it's not super white, but like, like come on, like bring some minorities in this kind of mix, right? They show they 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 show these kids. It's at like a what's it what's it called like a center like a activity center or some like shit a like a youth center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the girls like, oh yeah, we got like unicycle class. We're like you know it's one of the most popular thing popular things around this neighborhood. You know everybody's just riding unicycle down the street all the time and shit, right? And what did you say? <laughs> what did you say when I told you that? Oh, I said maybe you didn't see his feet because he was riding a, a unicycle. <laughs> going to do our geriatric cinematic of 1984's uh, Ghostbusters. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. <laughs> They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay. All right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. The synopsis is three parapsychologists forced out of their university funding set up shop as a unique ghost removal service in New York City, attracting frightened yet skeptical customers. Directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is uncredited. Um, It stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Ernie Hudson, Rick Moranis, and Annie Potts. Ghostbusters, da, 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 da. that's the theme song, right? Da 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 da. Who are you sure. gonna call? Da 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 da. It's uh, created by Ray Parker Jr. Da 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 da. Ghostbusters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I mean, no, uh, oh, please sing it for the rest of the segment. I know, right? That's the entire segment is me making up a, a Ghostbusters song. <laughs> um, I mean. I love this movie. I mean, I grew up watching it. Like, it's 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 a great comedy. It's something completely different of the time. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like anything I'm going to say is going to be something that every other pe- every other person says about this movie. 
But, you know, the most important thing is what did Kelsey think about it? <sighs> I'm sad. Why? Oh, Be- God. Nothing will ever live up to this movie. Really? Yeah, because it was so unique. Uh-huh. Like, and I'm not saying nothing will live up to it, like, like, um, Beetlejuice was unique. Mm-hmm. And I love that film. Yeah. And nothing will live up to that either. Like, I feel like... Mm, gotcha. This movie sort of, like, transcends, like, generational gaps. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think anyone has the, the creative wit to fucking do one like that today. Like, this is one of those films that makes me sad that I feel like the greatest creativity we ever had is behind us. It, it's it's funny how you said it. So, like, this, it, I mean, think about it. it. It is honestly a basic premise, but something that has never been, never really been done. And it's, you know, a team combating, like, uh, otherworldly, like, a th- otherworldly threats. And it's only been really replicated. Um, uh, and yeah, it's only been really replicated because I, I can't think of anything before this that, like, really comes close to, like, what they were doing with this movie. Um, key examples of, like, stuff that, repl- that replicated Ghostbusters, Men in Black, Evolution, The Watch, R.I.P.D., Pixels. Like, those are movies where it's like, oh, something's coming from outer space. Here's you a team. could almost even argue Power Rangers. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, team of pe- a team of heroes, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think what I think when I go to like those movies, like Men in Black, these are just regular people who just happen to have the tools to like combat this to combat this uh, otherworldly threat. Yeah, and I mean it's it's they've been successful in varying degrees. Like Men in Black, you know that's like a successful <laughs> story. But like Evolution, no one talks about that. Pixels, nobody talks about that. The Watch, bomb. R.I.P.D. Bombed. Um, cause it's like, it's like they, it's like some of these movies and, uh, and others that are not of the success, the success story like Ghostbusters is they try to replicate it, but they, it's just, a, it's just a copy. It's a carbon copy, you know? And it's missing a lot of the charm. It's missing the charm. And I think that actually goes with the creativity and the ad lib nature of the cast. Like most of this movie was ad libbed, um, mm-hmm. especially cause like Hal Ramis and like Bill Murray. Great comedian writers, right? Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd can be funny, and Ernie Hudson was able to like keep up with them mm-hmm. to be more of the uh, uh, the straight man. Yeah. In this case, and I think that's one of the things that makes this movie work so fucking well. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> I love how you thought I was going to say something. I was wild. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> sometimes I don't know with you, <laughs> and it's it's funny. I I have a friend of mine's, uh, Charlie. He's like a. <laughs> huge ghostbusters fan right Mm -hmm. and i like i don't know if he like listens to the podcast you know i don't you know he hasn't he hasn't told me anything but i can picture him like listening to this and then you saying like yeah this movie's really bad it's crap i don't like this and going like fuck (laughs) (laughs) so so what what did you what did you like about this movie um i like the comedy Mm -hmm. um like bill murray kind of just plays the same guy and everything and I kind of got annoyed at him in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it went away because he totally blended in well with his team. Like, he finally mm-hmm. got the hint and learned to be, like, part of a team. Yeah. Um, And, like, Sigourney Weaver was really good. Like, I loved how she was like, oh, I, be- I don't believe in this stuff, but this stuff is happening to me. Like, mm-hmm. 
and I need to get like experts. I'm willing to hear it, but like, but not playing like dumb or ditzy about it or anything like that. Yeah, she was, and she wasn't like, oh, I'm a damsel in distress. Come save me. It was definitely like, mm. like what the fuck is going on? Just yeah. help me figure it out. Yeah, she's a, she's a musician in this movie, and and the funny thing is like when Dan Aykroyd had approached her to like to for this role. Um, they were, he said like, oh, you're going to be, we don't know. We're going to make you maybe like a model or maybe like an actress. And she was like, why don't you just make me like a musician? Why I got to be like any of that? Yeah. Yeah. And like, they're like, all right, works. This is great. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoyed like how they were kind of fumbling around to get shit going. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't like we know what we're going to do from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like, we have this idea. It was definitely like. They're scientists just kind of working their way around something, mm-hmm. and they finally get it. Yeah, they they, they got something. They, they, there's this really great line Dan Aykroyd says uh, he when like they're being kicked off the campus and stuff like that. Like their offices are taken away and their their grants been pulled. Where Dan Aykroyd says like like <coughs> working in schools, is, it's working in universities is great. Like you can you can study and do all this research, and you don't have to show results. Private sector, you have to show results. Yep. Terrifying. And that's why they decide to go into business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, with the whole business side and everything, I, because I, I was doing a bit of research on this movie, and I, there's some, some really interesting, like, takes on this movie. At one point, um, uh, it's this writer by uh, Christine. It's a writer. Her name is Christine Alice uh, Korkos. She pretty much describes that the movie is a satire on intellect city government yuppies tax professionals and the apathetic new yorkers and it's kind of like saying this movie is about capitalism and private private industry like capitalism versus private industry um philip klein from the washington examiner uh he wrote this article called why ghostbusters is the most libertarian hollywood blockbuster of all time uh, he said the film has been uh, the film has been analyzed as an era appropriate example of Republican libertarian neoliberal ideology, in particular the Reagan era economics. Mm-hmm. And it kind I can kind of see that because how the Ghostbusters have their own business is a very successful business, mm-hmm. and the one thing that fucks it up is like the EPA. Yeah, it's the yeah. government official fucking this shit up. And what they they fuck it up, they're like, we don't know what to do. Well, let's just get the guys who can fix it fix it, even though we fucked it up. Yeah. And like it, it kind of does that. That it, So I can see where that angle is coming from. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what did you. So this movie is not really. I mean, depending on what type of person you are, it's not like laugh out loud funny. It's like clever funny. Mm-hmm. Um, even like when you and I were watching it together, I was like quoting lines or I was still like laughing at certain mm. parts and stuff like that. So what, what did, what's your take on the comedy? What did you think of it? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was clever. Like. Mm. I definitely like the kind of humor where it's more, a lot of sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Like, Bill Murray is really all fucking sarcasm. Oh, I love, like, I know you say, like, Bill Murray kind of plays the same character in his movies, but he does it so damn good. Like, Well, he does. I think it was just that what bothered me is he's a fucking playboy. Like, Yeah, it's totally Bill Murray. Can you not, can, clearly, look at him. Look, Fantagram made a song about him, okay? Who? Fantagram. They, what kind of music are they? I've, sh- I've showed it to you. The Bill Murray song? You know song? that Gillette song? Gillette, the best money you hit. What Gillette song? It's like one of their newer commercials. And it's... Oh, I, I, no, I don't. Okay, well, I can't explain it, so I'll have to show it to you later. Oh, okay. But Please. yeah, Fentagram made a song about Bill Murray. It's called Bill Murray. Understandable, understandable. Yeah. It's Bill Murray. That reminds me. 
hmm. off topic recently hmm. this group came out with a song called jeff goldblum <laughs> I, I have a thing about songs that are named after people <laughs> you want to hear what somebody thinks about them and like why they incorporated it into a song yeah like i like that yeah, i gotcha i gotcha <laughs> especially when it has nothing to do with the person oh that's even better <laughs> yes i i like that too i, I like that concept <laughs> um so yeah so you're saying like the the comedy is is it's clever uh do you want to go more to why you think it's clever or anything in particular that sticks out <sighs> okay so i know egon uh, was one of everyone's like favorite of the four. Like he gets mm. brought up a lot, and I don't know if it's just because he died or people actually love him. I think I think it it really depends on. It's like the whole Ninja Turtle discussion. Like which Ninja Turtle are you? Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can tell a lot by a person if they say like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a Ray, I'm a Peter, I'm a Winston, I'm a Egon, and stuff like that." Yeah. Um. I liked the fact that he was almost autistic like mm-hmm. like came off that way oh you gone yeah yeah he was so weird in this movie but it's like and that's almost like i love that they wrote his granddaughter mm-hmm. okay yeah i gotcha i gotcha yeah that like i don't know i just i love that mm-hmm. i don't just something about it would you would and you so okay. like with the comedy it makes uh, it because i know that i know Ernie Hudson played the straight man. Mm-hmm. But in a way, so did Harold Ramis. Yeah, I, I would say I would say he he did more of the deadpan. Right. As yeah, Ernie yeah. Hudson is the straight man. Like, what the fuck? It's just a paycheck, you know. Right, it's right. Weird. Yeah. Um So was, like that's my two favorites. Sarcasm and deadpan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I did read somewhere that uh Harold Ramis purposely would not smile. For, he was just like my character does not smile in this movie, and I think it sells the comedy even better. Yeah, where like where like in a way you're just like, is he joking or is he serious? Mm-hmm. Like there's this there's this really great line. I mean, going into like the ad lib nature of the movie, there's this is really fucking great line where um, it's Fankman and Spangler are going. They're going into uh, the 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 library, right? And like Fankman says something like, uh, "That's what." Um, where oh he he comments about like stopping Spangler from like drilling a hole in his head oh yeah and then vague, uh, Spangler said um, that would have worked <laughs> that would have worked if you hadn't stopped me mm-hmm. right at live from Harold Ramis it just shows how <laughs> was like like that little line is like that's fucking brilliant like holy shit like I bet you he didn't he also came up with the um like I think Janine was like what are you into mm-hmm. like what are your hobbies oh like spore like growing spores and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it makes sense. fungi, spores, and something else. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you he came up with that too. Um, yeah, there's even that great, <laughs> there's even that great line I love so much, where they're going up to go catch Slimer, which I, which a lot of people don't know that that character is called uh, like Onion Head. Uh-huh. Um, and the only reason why they call it Slimer is because of the cartoon. Oh, but okay. it, but the character's actually name is like Onion Head. The production, the the people behind the production was like, yeah, that's that name is Onion Head because like the I guess the material smelled so bad or whatever. Oh, um, but there's that great line where like they're waiting in the elevator in the hotel and the the guy, the, one of the like customers or whatever, is sitting there with <coughs> sitting there with a cigar. He's like, what are you guys a patron not? He goes, nah, we're gonna <laughs> we're exterminators. Somebody said they saw a cockroach upstairs. I'm like, must be pretty big. Oh yeah, bite your freaking head off. <laughs> Like we're trying to be inconspicuous. 
So let's tell them that we have roaches in the hotel because we don't want to tell them about the ghosts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me think of something not as bad, but close to it. <laughs> um, the other thing that I really liked are the practical effects mm-hmm. because, like, the building legitimately looked like it was falling apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. This movie is, like, heavily on practical effects. Even, like, the, the big climactic battle where they're fighting uh, goes with the Gozerian. That's that's the soundstage. They had to use the entire soundstage mm. for that because there were so many like electrical wires and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like they really had to like think of ways to make it look cool, but not make it look like cheesy or anything. No, like but that. even like the exterior shots of the building. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like when you're like looking at the building, it looks like it exploded. Yeah. Like off that one balcony or whatever. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it looked like. I don't know if I should say it. I was thinking building? about something about a James Bond movie about a building. Which James and we Bond were movie? like wondering like how they did it. Which James Bond movie? The new one. Nah, nah, say it. Okay, um, but anyways, it it was so good. Mm-hmm. Like, even while I was watching it, it wasn't like I thought about it later. I was like, wow, that looks so good. <laughs> like it doesn't look like they blew up a miniature. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that like heavily relies on the the the, that this movie relies on is like the cast Mm -hmm. right um you know dan Aykroyd. wait it wasn't the new one the new ghostbusters or the new james bond no i think it was the old james bond the casino royale i think so building exploding there's no buildings exploding in that movie there there is buildings exploding see now you got me thinking holy shit Oh, the 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 embassy, right? Uh, no, Venice. Oh, I get. Oh, it's the sinking. You mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's exploding. To me, it's the same fucking thing. The building is in pieces. One explodes, and the other. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same thing. It's not even imploding. It's sinking. <laughs> One goes out. The other goes in. <laughs> No, because imploding goes in. <laughs> it wasn't even imploding. <laughs> but why was it sinking? Because he shot out the balloons like the things. It... Yeah. Did, did you watch so the it movie? was imploding. Stop it. Stop it. Anyway, the casting <laughs> of this movie. Okay. Do you think the casting worked? Yes. Like, as someone who's, like, kind of just coming in new at this. Someone who has really great logistics sp- uh, yeah. skills. Yeah, exactly. And spills. Yeah, and spills. <laughs> I I did. I thought it worked well. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick Moranis' character re- worked really well because of how he interacted with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, and he was so... he Rick Moranis plays that dorky character so damn good. He does. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't want to see him in today. Like, today's movies. Oh, like like playing a dorky character? Yeah, I wouldn't want to see him like that. Like I felt like, mm. like if you would have put him in the new Ghostbusters that way, it wouldn't have worked. Like I just don't yeah, I can think see there's that. much room for a character like that in today's movies. I can see that. I he Rick Moranis has done like serious roles. Like uh, he did this movie, I think called like City on Fire. It's directed by William Freakin. Um, that's that's not a. It's not that good, but like Rick Moranis is playing like a legit serious character, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he's kind of campy. Yeah. Um, 
So speaking of which, the but little the, I think Paul Rudd is kind of campy though. So that's true, but he can he can like dial it back. Yeah. Um. So the Rick Moranis character, Louis Tully, was actually was actually supposed to be for John Candy. Oh, okay. Um. But apparently, like Ivan Reitman has said during a DVD commentary on on Ghostbusters that like Candy wanted a John Candy wanted to have a German accent with a pair of like Schnauzer dogs. Ew. I know, right? Um. I'm so glad this didn't happen. Jay Leno read for the fucking part. Oh, why? Because he because he was an actor. Was he? I didn't know that. He did a movie. He did a movie. It was a buddy cop film. Oh. And it it starred. I think his name was Pat. I think it starred like Pat Marino, uh, Mr. Miyagi from the Karate Kid. Uh, it was. I seen a few minutes of it, and I want to blow my fucking brains out. <laughs> it is so fuck. Here, I gotta like look it up. It's so fucking bad. Also, uh, casting. It's not just about casting, but I, I really thought the Janine Melnitz character was kind of annoying. And uh, you thought Janine character was annoying? She was annoying. She had like the whiny fucking voice and like she was just grumpy all the time. I didn't think that was funny. I like her character. I liked her when she warmed up towards Ooh, the end. There it is. It's called collision course it stars jay leno pat pat marita a japanese investigator marita and the detroit cop leno team up to track down a stolen prototype torch turbo turbo turbocharged turbocharger i can't even say turbocharger turbo charger turbo charger there you go (laughs) it's so stupid like even like here let me hit the mic again look at this look at this garbage just the ad- <laughs> Jay Leno looks so fucking stupid. He d- oh, when doesn't he look stupid? He looks uh, more the most stupid in that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so would you uh, do you know who Sandra Bernhardt is? No. She was a popular comedian in the eighties. Uh, she she was originally offered the role of Janine. Yeah, of Janine. And they're like, no. What did you think of Julia Roberts as Dana? That's a Gordon Weaver character. She could have pulled it off. I think she could have. But I still like Sigourney Weaver. Yep, yep, yep. Something about it, like, I think, I think, I don't know. I feel like she might have just played the character a little, I don't, like, there's like a, with Sigourney Weaver, there's like a level of, like, sophistication in her performance as Dana, and a very, like, I'm not going to be swooned by your your moves, Peter Vankman, like, at all. Mm-hmm. Julia Roberts kind of comes off as like, oh, God, yeah. I don't think so. I just think that she's, I think she's kind of younger, isn't she? Uh, I don't know how she, how old she was back then. She she would have probably been like a bit younger for that role. Yeah, I think she'd be too young. And also, she would have been suffering from the same thing that we think Tom Holland is suffering from. Which oh, that is baby like, face? you just can't take him seriously because it's too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so here, I'm going to just kind of go down this like list of casting, right? Um, <clears throat> Michael Keaton turned down the role for Peter Vakeman and... Egon Spangler. I think uh, he could have done it. John Belushi was originally supposed to take the role of Paul uh, Peter Bankman, but uh, he died before the uh, script was... Uh, oh, wh- while the script was writing. Mm-hmm. Being written, sorry. Chevy, Chevy Chase turned down the role, proving mm-hmm. once again Chevy, Chevy Chase is a fucking idiot. Uh, he said that the script was too dark and too scary. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, keep... Um, and yeah, his comedy is very like sometimes I watch like if I've watched a Chevy Chase, uh, all I get is like an impending sense of doom. 
every time I'm watching his mm. shit because it's always like he's going down some fucking rabbit hole where mm. everything is fucking going wrong. I mean, he he has made some 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 comedy classics like uh, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation. Um, but yeah, so like everything's going wrong. Oh uh, yeah, that, that's oh, what I mean. That is so you true. get that's like an impending sense true. of doom, or like fuck. Yeah, it's very true. Um, <laughs> Almost like trains, planes, and automobiles. <laughs> I think this is so hilarious. Steve Gutenberg. Who's that? Steve Gutenberg is an actor slash comedian. He turned down the role to star in the Police Academy films that are just notoriously bad. They are like of its time. If I showed you one from the 80s, you'll be like, this would not work now at all. <laughs> um, and this is just considered considered for the role, these two people. Tom Hanks and Robin Williams. Tom Hanks mm. and Robin. I think they both could. I feel like this is during... And Tom Hanks was a lot funnier when he was younger, I think. Yeah, he, he did a lot more comedies. I feel like Robin Williams might have been a little too... He would have been at, like, at a 12. Who? Yeah, he would have been a bit much. Yeah, and Vakeman's like at a what, 6, 7, yeah. something like that. Uh, Egon Spangler, Christopher Walken, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, and as you just mentioned, Jeff Goldblum. um there's nothing on raymond's stance on dan Aykroyd's character seems like dan Aykroyd is like that's my character like i'm taking that shit right yeah um one of the most famous talks about what if roles is eddie murphy as as uh winston zettimore uh, so according to Ernie Hudson in the earlier version, uh, Winston was in a larger role, at, had an elaborate backstory as an Air Force demolitionist, right? He was excited for the part. So excited. He like took the role and he was like, I'll even take half the salary because I want this role, right? Yeah. And then he found out later that like they only expanded on the character for Eddie Murphy. And when Eddie Murphy dropped out to go do Beverly Hills Cop, they were like, all right, we're just going to go ahead and just kind of cut this role down. And Winston doesn't show up until like maybe 30, 40 minutes into the movie. Hmm. Even in the advertisement, you see Bill Murray, Hell Ramis, and Dan Aykroyd. I know, and it sucks too because like every time I was looking at it, like the quick little synopsis, when you look it up on Google, they only mention those three. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think that fucking sucks because I think he is as big a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's like the fourth Beatle, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Okay, so. This I remember you were laughing at this. So Reginald Vell Johnson, who played a prison guard, originally was almost cast as Winston. Wait, what? Remember, remember the prison guard when they were like when the Ghostbusters were in prison and they were like, "All right, boys, the mayor wants to see you." And you were like, "Holy shit, it's that oh, guy!" Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, originally they like they were almost he almost was cast as Winston, and I remember felt so bad. He was like, "All right, here's here's a, you'll be a prison guard in this movie." <laughs> So, um, I think he would have been a good, a good Ernie, like a good uh, Winston. I don't know. I think he would have been too like trying to be too expressive or some shit. Well, like he that. is really expressive, but he's also very sarcastic. Yeah, yeah and I think true. he could have played the straight man yeah. because um, because Ernie Hudson did a lot of like, what the fuck is going on? I'm just showing up for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you had mentioned about, uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oops. So you had mentioned in, in our review of, uh, Ghostbuster Afterlife about you had thought that maybe two characters would have been like the parents of one particular character 
and you're like even in the ghostbusters you're like oh i can see like them kind of getting together mm-hmm. okay so what happened was that originally there was going to be uh i just gotta find it um there was okay okay so in the original script janine and egon um they were actually supposed to the the romance was much more apparent right Mm -hmm. but they cut it like they cut a lot of it out a lot of it out um so there is a deleted scene in the ghostbusters where janine gives egon like a a a lucky coin which Mm -hmm. gets referenced in the ghostbusters afterlife movie and Mm -hmm. i remember i seen that was like that's gotta be like a deleted scene or something um so uh really i thought i saw i don't think that was deleted no 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 the scene that we saw in the ghostbusters regarding the coin where it's like a flashback oh okay that's the deleted scene that's that they took out of ghostbusters gotcha to kind of give it more like oomph into it or some shit like that Mm. um but yeah they i mean they do explore their relationship in the real ghostbusters cartoon and i do remember that they're they're a bit more flirtatious and i think they're dating in the cartoon Mm. which went on for about six or seven years (laughs) 144, 140 episodes. Of them dating. Yeah, just them dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so earlier you kind of made a slip up, and I thought it was so funny I, that I want to bring it back up. What'd you say? The the gut busters? Gusbusters. Gusbusters, which sometimes when I see Ghostbusters, my brain goes there too. Mm-hmm. Originally it was called like Ghost Smashers. Yeah, I like Ghostbusters better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... And you're not the only one because apparently this was the movie that like made the big boom of like marketing and blockbusters and stuff like that. It was Ghostbusters that was like, holy shit, movies like this can have a brand and we can make money off this brand. Mm-hmm. Which is true because the whole Ghostbusters symbol is like famous. Mm-hmm. Even, if you, even if you don't think of the characters, you think of like the symbol. Mm-hmm. If you want to think of a sound, you think of the proton pack being like fired or started up or stuff like that. You think of Ghost Slimer. Or you think of the fucking, um, what's it called? The mobile. The Michelin Man? No, the the car. Oh, the Ecto-1? Yeah, with the um, the siren is really like uh, disarming. Oh, it's just wow. Like, oh, yeah, weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, we're going to missiles are coming we're gonna die <laughs> right, exactly <laughs> um all right this is something i saw i was like what <laughs> originally gozer was going to be played by paul rubens really Wee herman himself jesus christ but he turned down the role apparently what happened was that in the original script gozer <laughs> was going to take the form of ivo shandor the, the the architect and everything mm-hmm. and was just gonna take his suit and take his form and, and become him. But instead they did like a David Bowie meets Grace Jones crossover. Which I, I think it works great. It, I, yeah, I like it. Yeah, that character is like very Because it's very otherworldly. Exactly, exactly. I think it works great in the context of the um of the movie. Or like just like, you know, ghosts, I guess. Weird shit looking and stuff like that. Uh. Um but yeah, I saw that I was like what the fuck, Paul? We got Pee Wee Herman in this movie? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like, oh, okay. <laughs> One thing I also want to mention is just like the sequels, right? So they did a part two. It was 
successful but not as successful Mm -hmm. but it kind of led into the reason why we never got a part three uh bill murray had said during an interview he said that we did go special two and it was sort of rather unsatisfying for me because the first one first one to me was the real thing and the sequel they written a whole different movie than the one intentionally discussed so there's never been an interest in the third ghostbuster because the second one was disappointing for me anyway and he was very like i'm not doing this i don't i don't want to do a third ghostbuster movie they've for years years and years and years they got money thrown at them um at one point um uh ivan reitman i believe i believe i Reitman was trying to work out a deal where he was trying to sell have the have the team the guys behind the ghostbusters like uh, bill murray harry ramis and dan Aykroyd, to like sell the rights and if they sold the rights they would have been set for life mm-hmm. but they never did anything as like movie wise the closest thing we got before the <clears throat> as in a sequel before afterlife was a video game uh that came out like in 2009 uh that game is fun as fuck. Mm-hmm. It takes like takes place like two, three years after the second movie. You play a, a guy who just gets hired as a, as a new Ghostbuster and you have to like bust some ghosts and stuff like that. It is honestly a fun fucking game. Hmm. And I remember enjoying the shit out of that game. Yeah. I wonder if you can download on PS4. <laughs> I kind of want to replay that game. That game was so fucking fun. It reminds me of that game that you were ta- going on about that I was going to play and then I forgot about it. What was the game? I don't know. And you you tell forgot me about it. So I can remember it. Well, I don't remember it, so I guess we'll just never no, know. No, it was a movie. It was a game. You could, like, date different people, and you were in space. Oh, Mass Effect! Yeah, Yay! that one. Yay, I bought the trilogy of Mass Effect, played the first part for, like, two hours, and I stopped playing it. <laughs> I got school! <laughs> I'm almost done with. Uh, okay, so all in all, I still love it. I think this movie still holds up. It's fucking a classic. Uh Kelsey, yeah, it's like fucking a classic. Yeah, it's like yeah. fucking a classic. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you think this movie still holds up? Yes, it does. I'm Even not, after you fuck the classic. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. After watching Afterlife, I was in the mood of, to rewatch Ghostbusters. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I was like, fuck, I want to watch Ghostbusters. But I had homework. I was like, fuck, I want to watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't even put it on in the background? No, because like. No, because I would start fucking watching Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. have a habit. You'll stop doing what you're doing to watch what's on TV. <laughs> yeah, even though I've seen the movie like a billion times, I'm still going to sit and watch it all over again because yeah. it's so good. Um, all right, so is there anything else? No. All right. So that's going to be it for our show over this week. We want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner uh, for hosting this podcast on their website. Um you know our homegirl our homegirl judy hope she's doing well we want to say thank you to her for you know making this collaboration a thing uh so for all your you know film news tv news and reviews go to your entertainment corner.com uh you can find this podcast everywhere uh we're in your closet underneath your bed we're haunting your place don't call the ghostbusters because we just want you to listen to our podcast mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> we're astral projecting into your shower that's weird. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to be off for next week. Uh, the Thanksgiving weekend is coming up. So, you know, I, I, I we were going to do House of Gucci, but I'm like, nah, we're I, I, finals is coming up for me. I got all this <coughs> other stuff and I just got a I just got a new job. So 
I'm just gonna we're just gonna take a week off. Um, but we will be back uh, for our next show. Uh, it's gonna be for December the sixth. Uh, we will be re- we we will be reviewing the Power of Dog, uh, which is streaming on Netflix on December third. Um, God, who directs Power of Dog? I just, I keep seeing her name pop up too. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. Uh, the movie is directed by Jane Campion, New Zealand. Ooh, she's a New Zealand screenwriter. What stuff have I seen her in? Never seen. Oh, the piano. She's the writer of the piano. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um. So, you know, please come back for that episode. Um, we're going to be doing our Jared Cinematic with it, which is 1958's Vertigo, uh, the famous Alfred Hitchcock film. That is streaming on Showtime or is available to rent on Apple TV, YouTube TV, Google Play, and other VOD services. Uh, <laughs> the topic, Kelsey says that I'm having a very nihilistic personality as of late. Um, the topic, some people are just assholes. Mm-hmm. They're just assholes. Everyone's got one. Oh, what is it? What is it? Well, some people have two if you really want to think about people. Or some people have none. Yeah. But then that's when they have a colostomy bag. Yeah, or they, they or they get it like an asshole, like procedurally done to them. Like a plastic surgeon bubble? Uh I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess so. I, I know somebody who was actually born without an asshole. Do you? Yeah, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say who that person is, but he's he's living a fine life. He's living okay. Oh, okay. They had to have some surgery for. I don't. Know. I'm like curious. Maybe I should ask him next time I see him. Like, hey man, I heard you're born out an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> how does that, how did that feel? <laughs> 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 <laughs>